You're listening to a podcast from RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome to another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Episode 19. No, 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 19. 19. Yes. Well, I guess I'll give a few of my uh, 10 cents or 2 cents or whatever on the Amy Schumer story, which uh, I don't know everything about it, but uh, did she steal jokes? Well, it looks like it here and there, and then again, eh, maybe not. Um, a lot of it probably like more subliminal if at best, you know? And also a lot of jokes that who knows who came up with it because they're like old high school jokes and that kind of thing, which I think is a lot of the uh, Patrice stuff. And uh, so I don't think she was sitting out there, you know, with a notepad and you know, writing that down or whatever. Um, but it's just a lot of uh, different examples. And when it came to her, uh, her, her sketches from her TV show, I don't know that you can hold her completely responsible for that because I don't know who who's all involved with writing that. Um, I've heard Kurt Metzger does, but but anyway, but so uh, she's not completely responsible for that. But it is odd that you know it's joke examples and then that too, you know, um, because those that uh, the sketches with the uh, Mad TV sketch about the uh, you know, shopping and not wanting to say that the the, the uh, clerk was black or whatever, and then the uh, magician uh, bit. Uh, boy, you know, especially the uh, clothing store uh, sketch, it's just almost shot for shot. So somebody's pulling a fast one there, and I, you can't really say that it's definitely Amy, but it's something going on. Um, so there's that, but um, I believe it was uh, Luis Gomez on the Anthony show. He of uh, Legion of Skanks fame. He's the uh, the Joan Jett of comedy and the uh, Puerto Rican rattlesnake. Yes, yes. Anyway, uh, he's kind of taken her side on this because he doesn't really see it as that serious of a problem and that these sort of things can happen. You know, all the different theories of parallel thinking and that sort of thing, which is true, and it can happen that way. Rather than saying she outright, you know, ripped off this one and that one and, like, she kept a catalog of jokes and then, uh, you know... <laughs> But one of the things that I thought of, and I think he mentioned the same thing on Ant's show, or maybe it was Gavin's, I can't remember, uh, where it would be an interesting experiment to uh, to, uh, just pick another comedian and uh, someone that, I guess, has a show and stuff like that, and and just see if if you can come up with uh, similar jokes elsewhere, (laughs) you know, just to see how many would pop up and see if that's just a normal course of things and of subject matter that's going to be similar and it's going to result with this with uh, similar jokes and scenes and what have you. So that would be a cool thing to do. I'm too lazy to do it, so I'm not going to. But uh, that would be interesting and uh, might give some help to Miss Schumer. Now, I think she kissed and made up with two of the female comics who first said, Hey, you know, you're stealing my, my joke here. Uh, but not Tammy Pescatelli. Now, I like Tammy Pescatelli, and I uh, became aware of her through uh, Bob Levy's show because she was a frequent guest on it. She would call in and talk, and uh, my kind of gal. <laughs> and 
So, uh, you know, I looked at the clip of her joke about the women choosing your clothes, you know, so that you look like shit for the men. <laughs> because they don't want you to be the competition and that sort of thing. And then apparently Amy used this joke in her uh, train wreck movie. And so there you go. Hey, hey you stole it. Well, uh, since she forgave the other two or made up with them, but not Tammy, I'm not sure why that is. Um, and then her her explanation for this was, uh, or her uh, defense, rather, uh, I believe she explained it on uh, Jim Norton's uh, advice show last week, where she he said, now come on, like I'm going to sit on this joke for, for years and then use it in a movie. Well, Amy, that's kind of how it would happen, especially when you have like a subliminal thing, like you think you heard of the joke or you saw it and you kind of forget, but it flows around in there and you're trying to come up with some stuff for this for this film. And then there you go. You know, so that is how it would happen. So that's not really, like, the business of how long it was in between when Pescatelli, you know, debuted the joke and when she did it. It doesn't really prove that, oh, it wasn't stolen. No. <laughs> the only way it would prove it's stolen is your movie came out before she did the joke. And then you say, ah, no, she stole it from me. You know. Um, so, I don't know. I just... But it, it doesn't mean she literally stole the joke. No, it's hard to really make a de definitive proof of that. So, eh, I don't know. But it's one of those things, if you if you hated her already, <laughs> she's guilty. And if you liked her, then you defend her to the end. I did like her, but, uh, boy, uh, not so much anymore. Um you know, I thought she was pretty. I liked her. Uh, well, pretty. <laughs> I did think, uh, yes, I do think she's pretty. <laughs> but I thought she was funny, and I liked her on uh, the ONA show, and I liked her on Red Eye, and I liked her stand-up. I saw quite a bit of her, uh, you know, like the the, uh, the Comedy Central specials and stuff like that, and I thought she was good. Uh, I don't know how much of that she stole, <laughs> if, if at all. <laughs> but... Uh, now, her TV show, the uh, Inside Amy Schumer, saw quite a few of those episodes at first, but um, uh, it's not very good. <laughs> just, I was, you know, I was just like, well, I guess she can do stand-up, but she's not. But nevertheless, it became very popular, and she's a big star now. And, you know, doing the movies and all that. So, but, uh, yeah, I just didn't think it was all that great you know and a lot of it i ended up watching it because oh jim norton's gonna be on it and uh, oh anthony's gonna do an episode not that sort of thing so you know i'd watch it and all that but after a while i just it, eh, i'm not taking the time to watch this because it just it's no good it just not for me but uh yeah uh, somebody stole that mad tv sketch <laughs> doesn't mean amy did it it just looks like it happened so with her being on ONA and then being on Red Eye and stuff like that, and I thought, yeah, you know, the political thing is going to come up, and whether or not she can handle it. And, it, you know, I thought she was the type of uh, comedian who gets the idea of uh, not to be d uh, dominated by the political correct uh, culture and that sort of thing. And uh, I thought she was, you know... I only I did I wasn't looking for her to be a, a right winger or anything, but uh, certainly to have a level head about uh, matters of, of that. But uh, apparently not. I mean, it came down on her like uh, I think it was last summer when people started saying she was a racist, you know, because of her jokes. 
And so all the lefties, it's not hard to be accused of being a racist from the, from the left. But apparently the opinions of the left matters to her a great deal. Now, she stood up for herself for a bit, but now um, uh, I think she's just going to go over to the other side. Now, of course, the shooting happened. That's got nothing to do with her jokes. Uh, and it had nothing to do with her. But she came out and had to do this big statement about we got to you know close the loophole, which you know betrayed her ignorance on the whole subject there there's no loophole and the problem here was that this guy in the shooting of the movie theater with her movie at it uh he went through the background checks and they cleared him even though he was not supposed to be able to purchase a gun he had been committed i've done this story i don't know how many times on this show <laughs> he was he had been forcibly committed by a judge and he was ineligible to buy a gun but he did because the background check failed so nothing you're doing here amy would have done anything about that and to argue it and to continue to spew your ignorance on the subject matter by saying no there are loopholes i've heard people in washington tell me there are you know it, it it's just sad um but anyway so uh, i think it was like gavin i thought she was one of us you know as far as uh battling pc stuff and all that but apparently not because um, she uh, did an interview with The Hollywood Reporter and uh, apparently said that uh, her whole act was just that, just that, an act where she got famous by playing a racist white Republican. <laughs> because that's what Republicans are. Uh, well, I added that. Uh, she said, uh, I used to play a character on stage, really irreverent, kind of a racist, Schumer responded. I played this very privileged white Republican chick, and that's not who I am. I did not grow up with money. I'm a Democrat. <laughs> yeah, that just betrays the ignorance of, the, of, the, of her on these matters. Um, the wealthiest people in this country are Democrats. <laughs> the Democratic Party was founded uh, with a racist i mean andrew jackson uh he was the guy behind the uh, trail of tears for the indians and uh, sent them all you know committed genocide with that and uh democrats were the slave states uh in the civil war they were the party of the confederacy they were the party uh, that created the ku klux klan uh, the jim crow laws and segregation so um yeah but anyway nobody knows about that anymore Anyway, Schumer says she now feels like she's evolved. I keep getting closer and closer to myself on stage, she added. I don't regret any jokes I've said, but as a comic, hopefully, you're evolving. Evolving? What do you mean? I mean, you're saying it was all just an act and it wasn't true, so you're not evolving, right? Because then that would mean you're changing, what, into a racist Republican? <laughs> No, I think she's saying that she's evolved beyond needing to play some character and just be herself. So there you go. Um, so if you thought she was going to be, you know, somebody who would uh, take on the PC culture and that sort of thing, forget it, because she, uh, she believes in it. Um, says, I don't regret any of the jokes. Eh, you probably do, because here you're giving up this whole BS about you were playing a character. I, yeah, I don't buy that. Um, and besides the whole basis of this theory of hers about herself is, uh, she's a liar. <laughs> Another thing about Pescatelli was, uh, she went on Opie's show and I heard that interview with her, with, uh, Opie and Jimmy. And she was kind of like, 
eh, she wasn't going to make a bigger deal, big deal about it anymore or anything. It's going to move on. Um, she had made a joke about yeah, saying that, uh, you know, at least Bill Cosby drugged you before she raped you, <laughs> comparing it to she took a lot of shit for that, apologized for the joke, saying it was inappropriate and all that. But then, uh, like I said, Amy uh, hasn't made nice with Tammy uh, and apparently accused her of saying something nasty and terrible about uh, Rachel Feinstein, uh, which Tammy responded apparently saying that uh, she has no idea what she's talking about. And so uh, after all this about Amy's fake character and all this sort of thing, I'm going to believe Tammy. <laughs> so I don't think Tammy said anything nasty about Rachel Feinstein. So that kind of sticks in my craw with that kind of nonsense. That's not a way to, de to uh, defend yourself against accusations of joke theft. Um, so apparently she just doesn't like uh, Tammy Pescatelli. But you know, Pescatelli is definitely not a flaming leftist like Amy. <laughs> so maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. Uh, I'm just observing all of this. So anyway, that's my whole deal. I, I did like Amy. Uh, not so much anymore. Uh, and as far as people shitting on Jim Norton for defending her or you know, having on the show, her or his show and whatnot, He's not sucking her ass for the hopes of being of a bit part in a movie or a TV show. That He really was her friend. They've been friends a long time, so that's real. So what's he supposed to do? Not talk to her, not like her? And if it's your friend, you know, and you don't know whether or not they did something wrong or not or what have you, you're probably going to take your friend's side anyway, you know? And it's not, it's not the end of the world, you know? So, uh... I, I don't agree with shitting on Jim Norton uh, for that. So uh, there you go. Uh, don't like her politics. She's an idiot on uh, guns. Uh, did she steal? I don't know. And since I don't know, uh, you got to acquit. <laughs> innocent until proven guilty, I suppose. And I don't know how you would prove guilty. Um I don't know, a tape of her saying, yeah, I, I fucked those people over. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, it may damage her down the line, and it may not. I don't, you know, it, it has for some others, but uh, we'll see. I'm not going to accuse her of being guilty of joke theft, because I just, I just don't know. There's not enough here for me to conclude that, because I talked about all the different variables that could result in that. So there you go. That's that. Up next, I'll read some news right after these important messages here on RadioMisfits.com. Oh, boy. What's the matter, Sally? I guess the beer just doesn't give me the buzz it used to. You need a butt chug. A butt chug? I'm not pouring beer in my ass. Not beer. Cough syrup. Here, let me flip you over. What? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, my. Oh. Let's move these panties aside. <laughs> and we'll insert this tube. Oh, ah, oh. Here comes the cough syrup, Sally. Oh, ah, oh. Wow. The walls are melting. I see flowers taking flight and turning into stars. <laughs> Can't get a buzz? Then you need... A butt jug. Warning, butt jugging may lead to brain damage. Rectal rot. 
and or farts that smell menacingly. Well, hello there. Yes, it's Mr. Nelson. Some of you might have noticed that these films I have over at my little store are all pure crap. And that's the idea. That's why I brutalize them with my savage commentary and nasty sound effects. But you're in luck. I found a film that's actually quite good. In fact, it's a horror classic. I'm talking about Night of the Living Dead. Don't ask me. For some reason, it just was not copyright protected, and so it fell into public domain, which leaves it open to assholes like me to just dump all over it. I shouldn't, but I can't help myself. Anyway, Night of the Living Dead is about some people who spend the night in some old farmhouse when suddenly some undead cannibals show up to crash the party. Warning, due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. So what are you waiting for? Head over to selfy.com slash nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. There you'll find all the films that I've graced with my smart-ass commentary. So again, head over to selfy.com slash nelson. Sometimes you need a private moment, you know, to be intimate with yourself. But then somebody walks in! Oh my god! Oh, oh, someone looks oh like... my god! <laughs> yes, when requiring privacy, it's your responsibility to remember to lock the door. This is a message from the Locksmiths Association of America. We're always there in the hopes of keeping your privates private. Ready, set, vent with Andy Lurie. In Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Hunter Thompson refers to a moment when he was begging his buddy to throw the radio into the bathtub with him when it hit the peak moment at the end of the song White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. And he's like, I want to die, and that's when I want to go out at that peak fucking moment, so throw the fucking radio in. That's a funny fucking way to go out. If you take anything from my podcast today, people, it's when you commit suicide, think of the music that you're going to be doing it to. And you don't want to do it to something fucking maudlin. You don't want to be like, oh, I'm going to play a real sad Doors song, or I'll play Adele. Great talk radio isn't dead. When you kill yourself, this holiday season pick a good song it just moved to a better place radiomisfits.com you're listening to the mr nelson show here on radiomisfits.com and now it's time for nelson news bulletins Danish 17-year-old girl faces fine for using pepper spray against rapist, according to Jonathan Zahl, Epic Times. A 17-year-old girl in Denmark is facing a fine after using pepper spray to fight off an attempted rape. The girl told authorities that the attack occurred in central Sonderborg around 10 p.m., but an English-speaking dark-skinned man knocked her to the ground and tried to undress her. She then saved herself by using pepper spray on her attacker and went to report the incident to the police. The man has not yet been arrested, but it's likely the girl will be fined 500 kroner, or $73. It is illegal to possess and use pepper spray, so she will likely be charged for that. Local police spokesman Nud Kirsten told the Danish language TV, Sid. The story has sparked outrage online, and a number of people have offered to pay her fine in the comment section of a TV Sid report. A 
14-year-old girl from Denmark is facing charges for using pepper spray against a man that was sexually assaulting her. Makes me sick. Ryan's average life at Ryan Abe. Good old Denmark and Norway, where stopping rape with pepper spray is a crime. Next time, just get raped. Hashtag gun sense. Hashtag women's rights. Michael at Michael Larson 33 The attack has been linked by some to the migrant crisis in Europe. In Germany, there was widespread outrage after it was discovered that police had suppressed information about organized sexual harassment of women by groups of migrants in the city of Cologne on New Year's Eve. In Norway, Muslim refugees are offered cultural lessons on how to treat women in Western society. Many refugees arriving from conservative countries are not used to seeing public displays of affection or women dressed in what they perceive to be skimpy outfits, which they may liken to clothing worn by prostitutes. Sondeborg, where the assault on the 17-year-old girl took place, has a local asylum center, and the influx of migrants has created a similar cultural friction there. We must say that a large number of male guests who come from the local asylum center have a very hard time respecting the opposite sex. In my eyes, it is harassment when one or more men continue to touch a young woman after she has said stop. Glenn Hollander from the Sonderborg Club, Din Fuin, yeah, whatever. The Buddy Holly, not the Buddy Holly. <laughs> I hope the girl's name wasn't Peggy Sue. Now, the Buddy Holly nightclub in Sonderborg issued a new rule earlier this month allowing only guests who speak Danish, German, or English into the club due to incidents of sexual harassment by asylum seekers. Well, they'll probably get fined for some sort of discriminatory action. Meanwhile in Norway, Helena Horton has this story for us. Woman says she is a cat trapped in the wrong body. Nano claims she realized she was a cat when she was 16 years old and has adopted feline mannerisms since. The 20-year-old has opened up about her life as a puss, describing how she has a superior sense of hearing and sight, which allows her to hunt mice in the oh god, in the dark. She made the revelation in a YouTube video, which has been viewed over 100,000 times. Hey, let's view it one more time. Yeah, okay. The only thing I could understand was... Yeah, I understood that. See, I can do it too, and I'm not a cat. Anyway, uh, Nano claims to possess many feline characteristics, including a hatred of water and the ability to communicate simply by meowing. Which, you know... She, she did, but she also spoke, uh, you know, Norwegian. Anyway, uh, the young woman shows off her cat characteristics by wearing fake ears and an artificial tail. Yeah, she's also got uh, cheek piercings. I don't know many cats that do that. Uh, maybe she's going to get some, like, fish wire and put that on it so she can have whiskers. I don't know. Anyway, uh, let's see. She says here, I realized I was a cat when I was 16 when doctors and psychologists found out what was the thing with me? Under my birth, there was a genetic defect. Uh -huh. Anyway, uh, as she and the uh, reporter with her uh, walked through the Oslo Central Station, the presenter asked Nano what she could hear and see that a normal person might not. Suitcases rolling on the ground, she says. Keys clinking in pockets. 
people with ice under their shoes. Then, all of a sudden, she lets out a hiss and takes a step back. <laughs> uh, there's a dog over there, she explains. Sometimes I hiss when meeting dogs in the street. It's because of their behavior and my instinct automatically reacts by hissing. The Catwoman wears a pair of pink fluffy paws with which to groom herself and feels especially like doing so when she is in contact with water. When asked if she was born as the wrong species, he said, Yes, born in the wrong species. Well, there you go. Nano prefers to crawl around on her hands and knees <laughs> and paws at windows when she wants to go outside. She also said despite their size, she can sleep in the sink and on windowsills. Hmm. That better be a big, deep sink, because uh, Nano looks like the kind of cat that hasn't missed too many meals. It's also obvious that I'm a cat when I start purring and meowing, <laughs> she explains, and walking around on four legs and stuff like that. I can see better in the dark than in the daylight. That's no problem, she says. Yeah, well, one of what, they should have turned the lights out and see if she can get through her, the room without, you know, falling over and busting her ass, but I didn't see that happen in the video. Um, I have been running a lot after animals that can be seen in the shadows. She has a friend called Sven, who also has a cat personality. They meow at each other in the park. He has something called personalities, and one of them is a cat, she says. They must have met at the psych ward. So, you were born as a cat, but ha but he has become one? He is a human, but has someone in his head that is a cat, and I am born as a cat. Well, it's nice that Nano cleared that one up. Anyway, the young woman said her life as a cat was exhausting, but she doesn't want to live as a human. My psychologist told me I can grow out of it, but I doubt it, she concludes. I think I will be a cat all my life. That... She messed up there. That should have been all of her nine lives. Yeah, you see? I think she's just a nutbag. I don't know if that's Vin guy's her boyfriend, but uh, if he is, then I, I guess she doesn't go for tuna. Meanwhile, in other animal news, Israeli vulture detained in Lebanon on suspicion of being a spy. A vulture that flew into Lebanon from an Israeli nature reserve has been captured on suspicion of spying. Gamala Nature Reserve tracked the bird to near the southern Lebanese village of Bint Jabil, which is just a few kilometers over the border from Israel. Then reports began trickling in that the bird was being hailed by locals who suspected it because it had Israeli tags and devices. A series of pictures also surfaced, one of a vulture with Israeli tags and a rope tied around its leg, another of a transmitter on the same bird's back, and another of two men displaying the bird's massive wingspan. The huge griffin vulture, which is part of a conservation project to restore the raptors in the Middle East, has a metal ring on its leg indicating it is from Tel Aviv University, with tags on its wings and a GPS transmitter attached to its tail. Locals in Lebanon caught the bird for sure, says Ohad Hassaf, bird ecologist at the reserve in the Golan Heights, which Israel occupied from Syria in 1967. They were holding the bird in their hands. The vulture was released in the same place it was caught after it was Certain that it was not carrying any hostile spying equipment, according to local Arabic news site bitjabil.org. Since then, the Israeli Parks Authority has not been able to track where the vulture went and is worried about its health. Hassoff dismissed the idea of a vulture spy as senseless, but added, I can understand the suspicions with the history we have in this region. 
The vultures, the latest animal suspected of espionage in the fog of mistrust and conspiracy that typifies Israel's relationship with the rest of the Middle East. In 2010, Israel dismissed Egyptian claims that its intelligence agency, Mossad, was behind a series of shark attacks in the Red Sea meant to damage Egypt's tourism industry. Shortly after, Saudi officials detained a griffin vulture, which was fitted with a GPS tracker and a metal ring from Tel Aviv University on suspicion of being a Mossad spy. Last year, Hamas, the militant Palestinian group that runs Gaza, claimed to have captured off its coast an Israeli dolphin equipped with spying devices. <laughs> wow. A menagerie of espionage. Also in animal news, down under in Australia, teenager Sevdet Basim allegedly planned to target police with explosive kangaroo. A Melbourne teenager allegedly discussed packing a kangaroo with explosives. Packing? Wherever you're gonna put- oh, that's right, they got a pouch. Anyway, painting it with an Islamic State symbol and setting it loose on police officers. Sevdet Ramadan Basim, 19 of Halam, is accused of plotting an Anzac Day terror attack in Melbourne that would have included a beheading. He was committed to trial in the Supreme Court on Thursday after pleading not guilty to four charges. They included conducting internet searches of Anzac Day in Melbourne and Dandenong, engaging in communications and creating an electronic memo on his phone, all in preparation for a terrorist act. Mr. Basim initially faced five charges, but Commonwealth Prosecutor Andrew Doyle withdrew one when Mr. Basim appeared in the Melbourne Magistrate's Court on Thursday. Mr. Basim is accused of planning to run over the then behead a police officer. Federal police allege Mr. Basim and a person overseas had been in a series of communications in the lead-up to the alleged plot for Anzac Day. Mr. Basim allegedly said he was ready to fight these dogs on their doorstep in online communications with the person overseas according to court documents. I'd love to take out some corpse, Mr. Basim is alleged to have said. I was gonna meet with them and then take some heads. Ha ha ha! In a prosecution summary against Mr. Basim tendered to the court, police allege the pair spoke on March 16th last year, during which they discussed packing a kangaroo with explosives and letting it loose on police. The conversation continues with Basim detailing what he did that day, and they have a general discussion around animals and wildlife in Australia, including a suggestion that a kangaroo could be packed with C4 explosives, painted with the ISIS symbol, and let loose on police officers, the summary says. While police do not go into details of the symbol, the image most closely linked to ISIS is the group's black flag. The reference to the kangaroo makes no mention of Anzac Day. Mr. Basim has been in custody since April 18th, when 200 heavily armed officers swooped on the city's southeast, arresting five teenagers and seizing knives and swords. Police say he is motivated by an extremist ideology and has expressed support for prescribed terrorist organizations, particularly ISIS, which adopt a radical interpretation of Islam. And now the weather. 300 scientists want NOAA to stop hiding its global warming data. That's NOAA, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. These scientists say they may have violated federal laws when they published a 2015 study purporting to eliminate the 15-year hiatus in global warming from the temperature record. We, the underside scientists, engineers, economists, and others who have looked carefully into the effects of carbon dioxide released by human activities, 
is to record our support for the efforts of the Committee on Space, Science, and Technology. Oh, wait, that's Science, Space, and Technology. You get the idea to ensure that federal agencies complied with federal guidelines that implemented the Data Quality Act. Some 300 scientists, engineers, and other experts wrote to the chairman of the House Science Committee, Texas Republican Representative Lamar Smith. In our opinion, NOAA has failed to observe the Office of Management and Budget and its own guidelines established in relation to the Data Quality Act. The Data Quality Act requires federal agencies like NOAA to ensure and maximize the quality, objectivity, utility, and integrity of information, including statistical information. Smith launched an investigation into NOAA's study last summer over concerns it was pushed out to bolster President Barack Obama's political agenda. Democrats in the media have largely opposed the probe into NOAA scientists and political appointees, but Smith is determined to continue investigating. NOAA officials surrendered emails to congressional investigators in December. It is this committee's oversight role to ensure that federal science agencies are transparent and accountable to the taxpayers who fund their research. Smith told the Daily Caller News Foundation, Americans are tired of research conducted behind closed doors where they only see cherry-picked conclusions, not the facts. This letter shows that hundreds of respected scientists and experts agree that NOAA's efforts to alter historical temperature data deserve serious scrutiny. Of the 300 letter signers, 150 had doctorates in a related field. Signers also included 25 climate or atmospheric scientists, 23 geologists, 18 meteorologists, 51 engineers, 74 physicists, 20 chemists, and 12 economists. Additionally, one signer was a Nobel Prize winning physicist and two were astronauts. No scientist upwardly adjusted temperature readings taken from the engine intakes of ships to eliminate the hiatus and global warming from the temperature record. The NOAA study in dispute claims that the scientists found a solution to the 15-year pause in global warming. They adjusted the hiatus in warming the temperature record from 1998 to 2012. The new analysis exhibits more than twice as much warming as the old analysis at the global scale. As has been acknowledged by numerous scientists, the engine intake data are clearly contaminated by heat conduction from the structure, and as such, never intended for scientific use, wrote climate scientist Dr. Patrick J. Michaels and Dr. Richard S. Linden's of the Libertarian Cato Institute on the on the science blog Watts up with that and that's Watts with spelled W-A-T-T-S get it? Adjusting good data upward to match bad data seems questionable yeah it's, it's, it's called lying if we subtract the old data from the new data we can see that this is exactly what Noah did Climate expert Bob Tisdale and meteorologist Anthony Watts wrote on the same science blog, It's the same story all over again. The adjustments go towards cooling the past and thus increasing the slope of temperature rise. Their intent and methods are so obvious, they're laughable. Well, not when we have to pay for this shit. It's not so funny, is it? And speaking of global climate warming change, why can't we find aliens? Theory... Climate change killed them. Yes, this is from Climate Depot by Mark Morano. Fresh on the heels of the recent news surrounding the increasingly dire climate forecast for our planet comes a possible warning from the cosmos. Climate change in the extraterrestrial environments is inevitable and, should life on hypothetically habitable worlds not act as a stabilizer for their environments, it serves as a sell-by date for all burgeoning life forms. 
In the new research published in the journal Astrobiology, astronomers of the Australian National University, ANU, pondered this scenario and realized that younger habitable worlds can become unstable very quickly. What once was a life-giving oasis becomes a hellish hothouse or frozen wasteland very quickly. The universe is probably filled with habitable planets, so many scientists think it should be teeming with aliens, said Adita Chopra, lead author of the paper. Early life is fragile, so we believe it rarely evolves quickly enough to survive. Most early planetary environments are unstable. To produce a habitable planet, life forms need to regulate greenhouse gases such as water and carbon dioxide to keep surface temperatures stable. Unlike Earth, most worlds will likely not find this balance, ultimately succumbing to being cooked by a runaway greenhouse effect like Venus, or frozen by a thinning atmosphere like Mars. Life will often not be fortunate enough to win the race against environmental fluctuations to become a stabilizing factor. Earth, which already has the stunning fortune to exist at just the right spot around a stable star, spawned life, and that life had a role to play in stabilizing its atmosphere as it evolved over the last four billion years. Life on Earth probably played a leading role in stabilizing the planet's climate, said co-investigator Charlie Lynn Weaver, also from Anu. And this could be why we're not finding a galaxy filled with alien life. Just because there's a habitable world out there, it doesn't mean it's suitable for life for long. It's yet another hurdle against life from gaining a foothold. The mystery of why we haven't found signs of aliens may have less to do with the likelihood of the origin of life or intelligence and have more to do with the rarity of the rapid emergence of biologic regulation of feedback cycles on planetary services, said Chopra. For now, this is all speculation. And we probably just wasted your time with it. But what's clear from observations of our own planet is that the mother of all existential self-inflicted bottlenecks is on the horizon. And unless we find a way of reversing the damage we've caused to our environment, it seems we'll quickly become just another life form that didn't make the grade. I think it's important to point out that Mars and Venus don't have any life to create the uh, greenhouse effects. So uh, a natural occurrence of this horrible, devastating climate change would be impossible to prevent. And that's the news! Stay tuned for another episode of Night Night after these important messages! In space, no one can hear. I stand corrected. Hey gang, it's Mr. Nelson again. Hey, you like sci-fi movies and outer space adventures? Well, now you can watch one with me. Our film is called Cosmos, War of the Planets. It was Italy's answer to Star Wars, but for some reason it just didn't catch on. Maybe it was the cheap special effects, or the below soap opera level acting. Or maybe it was just the fact that the studio forgot to turn the damn lights on. Anyway, our sci-fi romp stars, John Richardson, who once had a shot at being James Bond, but he lost out to George Lazenby. Richardson just couldn't catch a break. I mean, it's one thing if you lose out to Sean Connery, or maybe even Roger Moore. But George Lazenby? <laughs> oh, well. Warning. Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. So what are you waiting for? Head over to Selfie.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. There you'll find all the films that I've graced with my smart-ass commentary. So again, head over to Selfie.com slash Nelson. 
Then if you want to be a real fan, you can get your Cosmos War of the Robots t-shirt. Yes, all you have to do is head over to society6.com slash Mr. Nelson. That's society6.com slash Mr. Nelson. All one word, M-R-N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Yes, it'll be just that simple. There you'll find not just that Cosmos shirt, but plenty of other shirts that I've designed and other articles of art, like prints, mugs, and tumblers. You know, stuff like that. All kinds of goodies. <laughs> you can even find the Mr. Nelson Show t-shirt. That's right. And my own designs for the Bob Levy Show t-shirt. Yes, quite a few. Yes, it's all there. So head over to society6.com slash Mr. Nelson. All one word, M-R-N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Yes, it's just that simple. I, um, I read an article today. It said married men masturbate and go to hookers more than single men. You think that's true? Oh yeah, married women won't suck your dick unless you won the lottery. Wait, you don't think married people have oral sex? Why do you think women get married? They want kids. They ain't gonna drink the kids. That's disgusting. Come on, honey, do a shooter. Thank you. A new Disney film. Honey, I drank the kids. There's more on the other cheek. All right. You don't got laid a lot, JFK. He got a lot of pussy. All right, yeah. JFK got a lot of pussy. All right, we know that. Our pal, the late, great Otto Peterson, is no longer with us. But his legacy of laughs lives on at autoandgeorge.com. There you can find his DVDs, T-shirts, and all things Otto and George at autoandgeorge.com. The Bob Levy Show supports Warrior Point, Inc. It was created to be the number one rallying point for any and all veterans who have honorably served this great nation. It does not matter whether you served your time during peacetime, wartime, or if you're still serving. If you served in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, or National Guard, you are welcome as a member of Warrior Point. So join the ranks of Warrior Point to support one another and to help raise awareness of the issues you face as defenders of our great nation. Follow them on Twitter at WarriorPoint and friend them on Facebook and go to WarriorPoint.org. This is Night Night, and I'm here to tell you that you're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Previously on Night Night. Damn, Bubo. I don't know what was in that mosquito gas, but it's, it's making my guts feel... Sick. Uh, okay, let's go. Ooh, how dare you? Shut up, Boobo, and get your ass in the car. No, no, not my car. Let's haul ass. <coughs> what, what the hell was in that shit? I don't know. It was just supposed to knock you out, but I must have got the mixture wrong. Be there no end to your indecency? Uh, yeah! Uh, no! Please! <coughs> we have a warrant for your arrest. What? My arrest? For what? Um, for armed robbery. You've been seen on security cam footage from a come-and-go store robbing it at gunpoint. That's ridiculous! <coughs> And now, the rest of Night Night. 
in Cityopolis court. Order, order, order in this here court. The defendant will rise. Mr. Richman, do you understand the charges against you? Uh, yes. Yes, Your Honor, I do, but no, no. How do you plead? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Well, what the hell? Uh, I'm sorry. The, the pressure, uh, it's too much. I, I can't take it. All right, all right. Uh, Your Honor, my client pleads not guilty. All right. I'll set a date for the child. Wait, wait, what? Who are you? Uh, I'm the manager of Club Night. Uh, Your Honor, I, 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 I believe uh, Mr. Smedley here uh, has evidence that may be exculpatory for Mr. Richardman. Well, all right, let's see what it is. You got the tape? Yeah, and I saw it. Your hunch paid off, man. Tape? What tape? Hang on, Lyle. Uh, Your Honor, we have security cam footage from a neighboring pawn shop that will exonerate my client. Okay, play it. All right. Now, uh, okay, here we see the suspect, who does indeed resemble Lyle Richmond. But as we zoom in, we can see that his ears appear to be dripping off. Ooh, that's gross. Yes, yes, it is gross for a normal human being. But this person isn't normal. It's actually Maiden Mud, the notorious supervillain known for her ability to assume the appearance of anyone she sees. Well, all right, I guess I'll have to drop the charge. Hey, 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 wait, hold on, hold on, what? hold on. Who are you? Uh, I, I, I was an eyewitness, and I saw this Maiden Mud lady turn into Lyle Richman. Well, with eyewitness testimony and video evidence... I move that all charges against Lyle Richman be dropped. Defendant is free to go. I dare we can break for an early lunch. Let's call in some Chinese. Hold on, Your Honor. The defendant for the next case is here. What? You know, the people versus the mosquito. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, just outside the courtroom, a liberated Lyle Richman talks with Smedley. Voice Smedley, thank God for that tape. It really saved my ass. Yeah, and then that, uh, that mysterious eyewitness. Oh, yeah, well... Hey, hey, Mr. Richman. Well, here he comes now. You know, you owe that man thinking. Well, hey, man, I did my part, so where's my ten grand? I, I, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never seen you before in my life. Besides, I don't need you. The security can't prove my innocence. What? You asshole! You better pay up, or I'll squeal. You do, and you'll go to jail for... Perjury. So, uh, oh, <laughs> ah, just like a rich bastard shitting on the little guy. Yeah, well, sucks to be you, pal. Let's go, Smedley. Oh man. Meanwhile, back in the courtroom. <laughs> All right, mosquito. How do you please? <laughs> Oh, no! Not again! A week later, Lyle Richman and Dick Sprung, who are in reality Night-Night and Mubo, finally recover from the gastric symptoms of the mosquito's toxic gas.
Boy, Lyle, I wiped my ass so many times, I rubbed my asshole raw. Oh, damn it, Dick. Keep your disgusting details to yourself. Let's just forget that whole incident and put it behind us. Amen to that. Poo-wee. All right, Smedley, that's enough out of you. Meanwhile, across town, evil is still brewing. At the Family Jewels Jewelry Store, the clerk is about to lock up when... What the hell? What? Suddenly, the clerk is overcome by a sudden sensation of pure panic as gas bombs continue to be thrown through the store window. And the source of said gas bombs is none other than the Boogeyman and his gang. Damn, boss. Tossing gas bombs is fun. <laughs> yes, well, that's enough, Tiny. He's succumbing to my fear toxin. Now, quickly, Tiny. You and the others fill your bags with the jewels. Okay, boss. <coughs> Shut up. <laughs> Look at him squirm. <laughs> Pearls to the boss. Yes, take everything and hurry. Damn, boss. Just how scared is this guy gonna get? If only we had the time to stay and observe just how scared this little pisshead could get. There's the answer. You scared the shit out of him. Yes, well, <coughs> the fear toxin does have its drawbacks. <coughs> His guts are coming out. Let's get that out of here. And now it's time for City City News with your anchor, Wiener Wanker, and co-anchor, Sally Sue. Buddy with sports, and Sparky with the weather. And now, here's Wiener. Hello. I'm Wiener One Care. A man was found dead today. <laughs> We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. <clears throat> A Cityopolis jewelry store clerk was found dead today. I'm Wanir Wankir. And I'm Sally Sue. Wiener, the medical examiner's autopsy report found that the deceased died from excessive defecation. Sally... Do you mean to say he pooped himself to death? That's right, Wiener. Earlier, our man in the field, Holden Cox, was able to interview a man who had discovered the body. We must warn you, the language in this report is very strong. Ah, uh, sir, I understand that you were the first to see the body. Yeah, I walked into the jewelry store and found him laying in a pile of shit. Well, uh, uh, in your best judgment, what do you think happened to him? Uh, I think he shit himself to death. Uh, well, uh, this is Holden Cox, City City News. Thanks, Holden. Further details of the autopsy report revealed trace amounts of the fear toxin commonly used by infamous supervillain, the Boogeyman. Sally? Wiener, a new study shows some Americans hang out at Walmart when they're feeling overweight so that they can feel attractive by comparison to the typical morbidly obese Walmart shopper. 
Damn it, Smedley. Why didn't the commissioner inform me of the return of Boogeyman? Because he figured your involvement would only make it worse and probably get people killed. People are already getting killed, Smedley, without any help from me. No, clearly I am needed. I need to be out there to put a stop to that madman. Well, that was Dick. Dick, Dick. Here I am, Night Night. Dick, we need to. Wait a minute. Damn it, Dick. Don't call me Night Night. When I'm in my everyday guise of liar, rich man. Otherwise, people will put two and two together. Ain't nobody around. Shut up. You never know when there might be visitors here, Boo Boo. No! No, no, no. No, no, no. Shut up. Shut up. I don't want to talk about this anymore. We need to become Night Night and Boo Boo because the boogeyman is back in town again. To the night's lair. Oh, boy. And in the night's lair. I've managed to hack into the NSA's computer so that we can search for possible locations of the boogeyman's current headquarters. But Night Night, that sounds illegal. Not for superheroes, which, of course, I am one. Well, every time you do something wrong, you got an excuse. When I do something wrong, it's just wrong. Yeah, like what, Boobo? What? What is it that you do? Well, uh, like the time I borrowed the Rolls Royce without telling you. That's hardly a comparison to the Night Crusade, Boobo. Well, that was for the Boobo Crusade. No! It was part of the little dick crusade in a vain attempt to impress your shitty little friends who already know what a pathetic little worm you are. Ah, shut up. Now, let's see what this program has come up with. Hmm. According to this printout, these locations are all possible hideouts for Boogeyman. Oh, damn, there must be a hundred of them on there. I have a system, Bobo. That will decipher. Yeah, I know you, system. Any, meeny, miny, mo. Gadget. Shut up, Bobo. Smedley might hear you. This never stopped you before. Shut up. Uh, get your ass in the car. Yeah, yeah everything I do is wrong. Damn it, Bobo. Quit your bitching. Jeez. <laughs> now, let's see. Um, 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 okay. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch There, that'll do. And so our heroes patrol the streets in search of Boogeyman. <sighs> Bubo, turn that shit down. Night night, I just heard a report about a riot at the mall. A bunch of people just started panicking like crazy. Must be the Boogeyman. No, Bubo. It's probably just a bunch of idiots on acid or something. The mall isn't even on the list of possible locales. Don't get distracted by media hype. Stick to the system. My system. And so our mass marvels stake out an abandoned warehouse that Night Night suspects of being the Boogeyman's hideout. This is stupid, Night Night. He ain't gonna show up. Patience, Bobo. That is a necessary trait of a true detective. Otherwise... You miss important details. You're missing the important detail of him not being here. Bubo, your constant mockery of me damages the effectiveness of our team. You're damaging the case by wasting time sitting in the wrong place. Damn it! That has nothing to do with my point about teamwork. You're changing the subject. No, you are. Your destructing nonsense has cost us precious time. We're clearly in the wrong place, you idiot. And so, Night Night and Bubo drive off to yet another possible boogeyman hideout. But on the way, they run into a crazy mob pouring out of the mall.
What the hell? Hey! Get out of the streets, you assholes! Nay, nay, that's the people the radio was talking about. No, Bobo, these are just more sacks of shit. You have a problem with my superior intellect. Meanwhile, inside the mall... Look, boss, it's night-night. The fool, he doesn't even seem to know we're here. Well, in the meantime, he should make an excellent distraction for the police as we make good our escape. Oh, no! Is this true? As the boogeyman duped night-night... And as a result, will the citizens of Cityopolis continue to suffer the sheer terror they currently are suffering? Find out in the next exciting episode of Night Night. This has been a Nailsin production. The Night Night theme song is performed by Alistair White and his lovely wife, Heather. Incidental music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Join us again, won't you? So, Donald Trump ditched the uh, Republican debate on Fox News the other night. Uh, some say it was an act of... Genius! And others say if you're going to apply for a job, you ought to show up for the interview. Uh, Fox News wants Rubio to win, but it looks like Ted Cruz has a good shot at winning the Iowa caucus. And then it's uh, on to New Hampshire, and uh, we'll see what happens there. So that's that. And that's that for this episode of The Mr. Nelson Show. Good night, everybody. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson Show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked.